A new world is emerging. It is a new world order. There's a lot of discussion about what the, the new world order will be. We will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. In the new world order. Individual carbon footprint tracker. The difference of this first uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing, it changes you. We need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. So imagine the applications of that, the compliance. To be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's almost time for the great culling to begin. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. This is Connect Those Dots. Well, hello there, fam, and all of you beautiful little dot connectors out there. Welcome to another episode here of Connect Those Dots, a humble little podcast. And I am your humble little host, Joe Wakili. And today, I am happy to tell you we are humbled to have a really cool guest on Connect Those Dots. Um, a badass podcast host in his own right, Chase Geyser. He hosts the One American Podcast, and you may have seen him holding down the fort over there over at Infowars filling in for Harrison Smith so connect those dots is really uh happy to welcome Chase Geyser on the show hello Chase welcome hey man it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you thank you for having me on I appreciate you reaching out yeah man hey I mean the the honor is all mine dude like you hit me back up and I was like wow really Chase is actually a real dude man that this is cool <laughs> as hell so Chase, just give the audience a little uh, synopsis, synopses about what sort of got you activated. What was the sort of journey, your origin story of what red-pilled you and sort of woke you up and propelled you to get off the bench? You know, that's one mm -hmm. thing I really ask a lot of people when I do have guests on in the rare occasion, but I really want to know particularly what got you activated, Chase. Well, I've been sort of a right winger. I wouldn't say Republican, but right winger since I was a teenager. I read The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. That totally changed my life. And ever since then, I've been interested in things like libertarian thought, free market capitalism, individualism versus collectivism, things like that. And I was involved with Students for Ron Paul when I was in college in 2012. I voted for um, Trump in the primary in 2012. 16 and then the election in 2016 as well as in 2020 and what really got me off my ass was january 6th i would mm. say after january. after i saw how that was characterized as this insurrection and basically anyone who voted for trump was put into this basket of deplorables so to speak of you know sort of extremist traitors that kind of thing i was like i'm i, I can't let these people like get away with this and Obviously, when you're just one American, you ask yourself, what the hell can a guy like me do? I'm a middle class American with, you know, a family of four this this month. I'll have a fourth installment of my family born. Oh, wow. And 
and it's God like, what am I going to do? So that. I was like, the only thing I know how to do is social media and starting a podcast because I own a so- social media advertising agency focused on getting people to buy things for my clients. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I turn those skills onto myself and try to get people to buy me as a brand? And that's how I started. So I started having guests. And the first guest I ever had on was Ian Miles Chong. I think I had like 5,000 Twitter followers at the time. And I kept kind of working my way up to more notable, more notable, and got to the point where I had the Roger Stones and the Steve Bannons on and got to be on with Alex Jones. And now I'm just humming along, dude. And dude, your story is like really like it's really inspiring. And I love the premise of your podcast, One American, because it shows that one American can really have an impact if they just sort of get active, if they just sort of put themselves into it. And I really relate to that story as well, because I never thought that I would get active in political talk and making my own podcast and talking about globalism or even caring about politics in the first place. I was the most apolitical person, so bored by politics, you know, like I never cared. Like I was a normie. I'll be the first to admit to you. I was a sheep, you know, dude. And everybody's been down that road. Nothing wrong with that. And it really took these events that created this domino effect, whether it was the BLM riots, whether it was the, 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 media organizations all saying the same things and also saying nothing at all. And then the the COVID and then the the vaccine passports. So all of these things compounding, I mean, I hope a lot of people are also like me that it woke them up too. You know what I mean? The outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming than some media outlets publish the same stories without checking facts first. And if I, people, you can get involved. You can just get a microphone. They have USB microphones on Amazon for like 20 bucks and you can make your own podcast. So one American can become several Americans. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, everybody thinks that politics is C-SPAN, but really it's Normandy, you know? (laughs) And so if you're watching C-SPAN and that's what you think politics are, you're watching the wrong stuff. You got to go over to band.video and check out some InfoWars or MadMax.World. Yeah, Mad Max World TV. That TV. That shit. And there's Isn't a fun way. I love the title. I love the titles that they make for the URLs. And yeah, I know, folks. You can find <laughs> Chase Geyser's work also on Infowars. He he works heavily. I mean, the the guy's been through all of the who's who. You heard him say it: Roger Stone, Alex Jones. So Chase Geyser's no joke. And I don't you just love the 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 URLs that they make oh, over there. I hope the, the next one is is like Blade Runner Universe or something. Like <laughs> yeah, that. you never know what they're gonna do, man. They're always looking for ways to kind of get around the social media bans because you know that's what happens is is Facebook and Instagram ban sharing their links and then they have to get a new link and that's. But they're on top of it, man. They're really serious and I think they're doing better than ever in terms of viewership. They are. They are. They certainly got me as a new viewer, you know, in the recent like two, three years of all this stuff yeah. going down. So when no when nobody you listened and that's really the awakening that I had 
when the people that you listen to and that you're habituated on, see, like I was a big Howard Stern fan. So right. He's very there, talented. He's very talented. And I, and I think and I like his people, non-political shit. Like his non-political yeah. shit's fun as hell when he's interviewing oh, dude, Eric, the midget and the Artie yeah. Lang days. That was like yeah. the best stuff, bro. And that's what I was raised on. So I always trusted this, this individual. <laughs> Sit on the speaker. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, 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 yes, exactly. So I, it's funny because you get you entrust these people to be sort of your your guide in the current event landscape. And then when I was listening to him and what he was saying wasn't jiving with the with the way I was seeing the world, you know, with things like covid, like BLM like the riots and him not backing up the police. Cause that's one thing is he was always very pro police. And then he wasn't backing the police in the uh, BLM riots. And that's what really woke me up. I'm like, yo, there there's something up here. And I always liked Alex Jones. I always thought of him as like a novelty type guy. And yeah. I loved him on the Joe Rogan experience, you know, being this conspiracy. And then you would look it up and you'd be like, holy shit, he's actually, he's not wrong about human animal hybrids. 20 years ago, they had cows that produced human milk. 20 years ago, they had spiders that produced body armor, spider goats. Okay. They have human animal hybrids 30 years ago. They've got giant human tissue farms. What's the matter? I, I Googled one of these things. MIT, MIT Technology Review estimates that about 20 pregnancies of pig-human or sheep-human chimeras have been established during the last 12 months in the U.S. This Total white wash. Listen, 2016. I, I 100% believe it. Look, I think that This was going on in 1985. I'm sure. So I was like, you know what? Let me actually listen to Alex Jones. And then everything he was saying was what I was thinking. And from there, it was just like off to the races for me personally. Yeah, for me too, because my wife and I would watch the news and pretty much only liked Tucker in terms of mainstream. Yeah. But we're it's at home with now. the kids all day. And so, like, we wanted to watch more news. And you put on like the five in the morning, you're like, whatever. And mm -hmm. then you try to switch mm -hmm. around, you're like, whatever. And so, we eventually were like, there's got to be a way to watch Alice Jones. So, we figured it out, finagled it. We used the Rumble app and we streamed it. And we're like, this is so much more entertaining than, than regular news. And it's like all day coverage. In, in in such a way so yeah i mean it's like a no-brainer for us i watch alex jones probably three times a week i watch harrison's show probably two or three times a week yeah. um and i just think it's the shit man and they have an awesome crew over there i mean the, the crew's great i'll Bro. send them like 50 links i'll be like print it out and they'll just fucking print it and put it on the desk and they're like all right go you know like i i've actually worked in media so like i've been around these control rooms and stuff i've never been to the infowars control rooms sure. but when they give you those little camera insider like behind the scenes behind the curtain type views yeah it's you, legit and when the the fact that the crew can just pull up things to where it looks like it's post production, whatever you're talking about, they'll just pull up a, an imagery sort yep. of. They got four guys in the studio working the show live. So there's one guy responsible for call screening. There's one guy responsible for fly-ins. Another guy just sort of monitoring the audio, making sure everything's going work. And then they have the producer who's documenting everything that happens every segment. They, I mean, it's pro. So every show they have like a workflow documented. In this segment we talked about this. In this segment we took calls mm -hmm. about this. And yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And I mean, so many screens and monitors back oh, there. Dude. So yeah, if you bring up Klaus Schwab, they're going to fly in Klaus Schwab like right away. No problem. They're like, I, dude, I, that's what I do. I call in, I call into Harrison a few times and I, and I do impressions of Klaus Schwab. I call in, I'm like, Harrison, 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 you know, that's a forced industrial evolution will be forced upon you. That's why I call it the forced industrial evolution. <laughs> right.
<laughs> Joe in New Jersey. Thank you for calling in, Joe. You are on the air. Harrison, Harrison, Harrison. The fourth industrial revolution is upon us. <laughs> and resistance is on the field tire. Once we put the microchip inside the bug, and then we make you eat the bug, the nanotechnology will disperse into the bloodstream and penetrate the blood-brain barrier, making you a slave. And you will own the nothing, live in the metaverse, and be happy. You know, it's it's really kind of depressing how accurate that impression was. I mean, that wasn't even that far off the mark. He literally says stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm glad you're a caller. Yeah, man. Uh, that, that, and they make it easy for you to sort of get involved. You know, I, I freaking plug. I plugged my Instagram on there one time and it like bolstered me like crazy. So and that that's one thing is that like they're for the people like they want you to get involved. They want you to call into the show. They want you to fucking get engaged, man. Yep. And that's the only way that we're really going to do anything here. And you're not going to get engaged with Fox News and you're not going to get engaged with, you know, some of these other conservative legacy outlets that don't really put the ball in your court. So like as much as InfoWars is demonized, like we really need to thank God that it freaking exists. Right. Well, and you got to keep in mind, too, that everybody who demonizes InfoWars is a direct competitor. So mm -hmm. it's like going to a Chevy dealership and asking them whether or not you should buy a Ford. I mean, when CNN is demonizing InfoWars or when Fox News is demonizing InfoWars, you're they're talking crap about somebody who's taking views away from them. It's not an unbiased non-conflict of interest situation it's it's baloney that we've gotten to this place and like 70 percent of all advertisements on these major networks are from big pharmaceutical companies including pfizer oh, and moderna yeah. so how can you trust what the news reported on those sites says about pfizer or moderna cnn tonight brought to you by pfizer and, and frankly for most of the car advertisements on 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 these major news news platforms are for ford or chevy or you know hyundai or whatever how can you trust what they report about Tesla? I mean, they're always reporting about these autonomous vehicles exploding and shit, but yeah. it's because all the competitors to Tesla are advertising on their platform. So you got to use your brains. Don't be a fucking retard and realize you can't trust a platform that is advertising from the competitors of what they're reporting about. <laughs> like it's hey, you know what, dude? It, it, it's, it's so shitty that we're in this place because in the way the landscape is now, like that's going to that's going to be our undoing in the end when we can't f like come together and realize that like th there's a war against us. There's a war for our minds and that like like minded news organizations can't just forget about their bottom line for a second and actually like give credit to an actual journalist, even though it's his name is Alex Jones. That's really what's going to be our undoing, because the threat that is looming against us with transhumanism and I, and I'll and I'll ask you like what do you think is the biggest threat when it when it comes to globalism transgenderism transhumanism climate change enslavement agenda the, the open border so that that's a question I would ask you what's the biggest right that's what I would normally ask you but then when you realize that all of these things are interwoven together it doesn't become what's the biggest. It's how do we surmount this multiple pronged attack? Like, how do we defend against this multiple pronged attack when we're too busy calling ourselves conspiracy theorists and discounting other people that are actually on our side?
You know what I'm saying? And that's really going to be our yeah. undoing. And you can see that when Tucker Carlson was fired, places started going, oh, this is going to be better for us. This is going to be, we're going to get more viewers now. Like, they are so like no, yeah, like you shouldn't be cheering on that. He's like, going to sweep up at all the viewers. He's going to he sweep is. up. He already did with his Twitter post, you know? And, and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one post, 45 million views. Meanwhile, dude, Fox that night got 1.7 million views. I know, man. It's it's pathetic because nobody gives a shit about legacy. People want the truth. The truth is sexy. You know, people want the fucking truth. Yeah. And when you take yeah. it away from them blatantly, they're going to go elsewhere, obviously. So it is good for these other outlets. But we have to, like, understand that, like, it's, it's I don't know. It's We need to, like, come together or else, like, all this shit is going to really come to fruition. The forced industrial revolution will be essentially forced. The forced industrial revolution. The forced industrial revolution. The difference of this forced uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. So what do, what do you think like is the best sort of way to combat this multiple pronged satanic attack? Yeah. So I did a post about this recently and the gist of the post, I don't know if you saw it, it was one of my Instagram reels was look, if you're too afraid to speak out now because you think the consequences are bad for losing your job or the, you know, social backlash posting your thoughts. If you, if you're too scared to fight back now, just imagine the consequences of if no one fights back. Because those consequences are way worse than getting in trouble at work or losing friends on Facebook. Like, if we don't do anything, you're looking at a, a Mad Max world. I mean, this is going to be Brave New World stuff. And, you know, there's constantly this argument between whether or not the future is going to be Brave New World or 1984. And I think it's sort of a combo of both. Like, people don't read Brave New World like they read 1984. But it's really true because the difference between Brave New World and 1984 is that in Brave New World, everyone is like medicated with this drug yeah, called so soma that happy. Yeah, it so. makes them complot complacent compliant like everyone likes their enslavement that's the trick and so that's what we're falling into i think more than 1984 is this this, this boot on the neck thing is something that we see happen internationally but in countries like the united states or first world countries like the united kingdom what have you you're going to have more of a like a complacency like sort of opiate type mentality where you know, it doesn't matter. They don't have to kill you or force you to do X, Y, and Z because they're going to have you so distracted with this like captivating artificial intelligence that you're interacting with or these yeah. video games that seem more yeah. real than reality itself. And so mm -hmm. my biggest concern for the future is, is not if AI is going to take over. The fact that AI is going to be a huge component is, is a given in my, in my mind. My concern is that we aren't mature enough as a people to handle it. So I'm going to be raising my children like just with the assumption in mind that artificial intelligence is going to be integrated in every facet of our lives. And I'm going to try to raise them so that they don't fall victim to it. Right. And I, I'm not a drug person, but despite what the media will tell you, there are some people that try heroin and don't get addicted. Right. And a lot of people just fall into it and it ruins their lives. The same thing is going to happen with AI. Like there are yes. going to be people that have the maturity to handle it and do it you know, whenever they need it or use it whenever they need it and yeah. not like develop a romantic relationship with it or worship it as a God. And there's going to be a massive number of people similar to the opioid crisis that are, are so taken with it that it takes them, you yeah. know? So I, that's what I'm really concerned about. That's a really good metaphor when you uh, compare it to uh, drug abuse. But yeah. the thing is, is that just like the pharma companies want to get you hooked on their products 
these globalist transhumanist uh AI God worshipers are going to try to get you hooked on that product as well. And let me and let me cut right in there because please. if AI is operated by one to five companies, we are fucked. Of AI course. needs to be totally open source. I need to be able to choose what AI you I use. There needs to be AI accessible. Like, hey, you don't have to use IBM's AI. You don't have to use Google's AI. You can use this one that's made by Infowars or this one that's made by you know these random developers that have tried to make an unbiased version. Like, you have to choose which <laughs> AI you interact with because if there's only one company or you know one of five companies that you can choose from, then you're going to wind up in a Facebook world where you can't talk about the COVID vaccines or where it'll just it, it'll be so smart that it convinces you of the efficacy and safety of XYZ drugs or efficacy and safety of XYZ philosophies or social issues or political climates or economic uh, um, scenarios, it's going to be like, look, socialism is actually better. And it'll be sm so much smarter than you that it can convince you of something that's total bullshit, like oh, a cult dude. leader. Like the cult leader is always smarter than the people in the cult. Of and course. even when the cult leader is wrong, it's just because they're so much smarter than the people in the cult that they fooled them all, right? Like Jim Jones, not the smartest guy in the world, but definitely the smartest guy in the cult, right? <laughs> Keith Raniere, not the smartest guy in the world, definitely the smartest guy in Nexium, right? And he was able to trick all these people to believe bullshit. AI is going to do the same thing. So you have to be able to choose. These AIs have to be able to compete. Like Prager needs to have its own AI, <laughs> you know, just yeah, so we, you don't have we to need be, 17, like, 76 AI. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> Informed only by the writings of the founding fathers. <laughs> Don't ask us advice on slavery, though, <laughs> dude. But you, you know what I'm saying? You're a Christian just like I am. And yes. you obviously see the parallels in the world that is looming toward us and what is written in the Bible of the end times. Um, so as as a as a believer in the Bible, as a follower of Christ, do, do you think it's just inevitable that we're going to have to probably see these end times and see these tribulations really come to fruition and manifest before us? Because w what's written in those prophecies, w we're starting to see the embryonic stages of it. And I don't even think we're, I think we're actually past embryo at this point. I think we're starting to like really get a, a hatchling coming toward us now. Yeah, of yeah. The Zerg is swarming, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it, it's it's really fucked up to see because I was always sort of a passive religious person, but yeah. it's really taken. Once you realize how real the devil is, then it's almost you can really come awake to God. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I'm conflicted about this. I'm a big fan of the doors. Jim Morrison saying famously, the future is uncertain and the end is always near, which is sort of an ode to what Jesus said, that the end will come like a thief in the night. Every generation has thought that it was end times for the last 2000 years. Even if you read the Bible and the letters, a lot of the language seems to imply that they thought the end was going to come within their lifetime, too. They thought Jesus was going to come back again that generation. You know, what are those who are praying at this time and shit like that? And so so. One thing's for certain is that the end is going to come. It's going to be very real, but no one ever knows when it could be in our lifetimes. It always feels like it's going to be in our lifetimes. It's, it's good for it to feel that way, I think, because it keeps people on their toes, but it could be in another thousand years from now, man. Like we don't know, but one thing's for certain is when you read Revelation or when you read the words of Christ himself, when he talks about the, the second coming and judgment day, there are black sheep and white sheep. So there are good people all the way up into the end. And I think that all you can worry about as an individual, as one American, is how you can be the good person, despite all the challenges. And even Franco wrote in Man's Search for Meaning, he was in the death camps during the, the Holocaust. 
you can't change your environment, but you can change how you respond to it. And, and one way that he knew that people were about to die in the camps is when they started smoking their own cigarettes instead of trading them for food. And he's like, as soon as somebody started smoking their cigarettes instead of using them as currency, he's like, they were about ready to fucking die. Like mm-hmm. they were just they'd given up at that point. Yeah. And so the idea is things are going to get harder and harder, but you have to have the resilience and the mentality and the character and conviction to respond in a moral way when things get hard. And that's really the challenge. It's really easy to be a Christian when everything's fucking amazing. It's really hard to be a Christian when things are really tough. Mm-hmm. And so how do you respond? You know, when people ask you if you're with Jesus, do you, do you deny him three times before the cock crows in the morning? Or are you the type of person that's like, hang me upside down, bitches, because I'm in, I'm in this for the long haul, you know? And yeah, so, exactly. And, and I'm not yeah. saying that I'm the type. I probably am the type of person that would have pushed, pushed out and denied Christ three times, you know, and felt terrible about it, just like Peter did. I'm not saying that I'm any sort of saint by any means, but I'm goddamn, I'm trying to be, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's all that's all we that's all we really can be. And that's only the only way we can really combat the evil and obviously do it do what you and I do and other people that other one Americans, other just singular Americans that have want to fight back, you know, and they want to do it peacefully because everybody's always, you know, fight, let's go take up arms. Let's do this. Let's go attack these people. Like that's not going to get anything done. Obviously it's going to play right into the hands of the controllers of the world controllers, uh, as they're called in all this. Never, never fight a stronger enemy head on. That's like rule number one, Sun Tzu. Like, yeah, you want to blow up an FBI building? Like, good luck. You're fucked. You're going to look like an idiot. And, and you're gonna fuck us all. Fail, and you're gonna kill innocent civilians along the way. Yeah. You're gonna fuck us and all. And then they're gonna bring Do in it. their controls even harder. Right. Exactly. Well, the insurrectionists did what we told you they were gonna do. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know. Got to fight them different ways, man. By listening and the, to the Infowars. And this is, <laughs> yeah, it's one hundred percent. Listen to one American <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, dude, I, I mean, what I wanted to ask you, um. What are your sort of feelings on some of the because we all know that the the covid was was a pageantry sort of uh play that they played out in front of us to like give the controls e- even deeper into us right so we understand that there's things that that they talk about whether it's the agenda 21 um the spars 2025 document they have these war games right and i'm sure yeah. you're familiar with a thing called project blue beam where they want to sort of stage a false alien invasion that's been and, around since like the 70s right of the 60s and dude i mean i think about it every single day because now we do have this hologram technology and like and i'm sure you've seen it on whatever like instagram reels or something they'll show you billboards they'll show you advertisements in japan it'll have a realistic looking dragon as a hologram right in front of your eyes and i, I say this to my wife all the time when we you know when we drive to work and we look at the the nice clear sky i'm like if they just hologrammed the ships in the sky right now and then fucked. they sent out a, a message to everybody's phone, do not be alarmed, do not be alarmed, we are the aliens, we come in peace. And then you see, everybody sees, everybody's driving on the highway and sees the hologram ships in the sky. You are not alone. It's on my phone, too. And then I don't know if you're familiar with uh, like uh, voice to skull technology where they can essentially implant voices into your mind with frequencies 
And I'm not familiar with that, but I don't have a hard time at all believing it. Exists. Dude, it's 100% real. They brag about it, literally. Like, you can Google it right now, Voice to Skull Weapons. You'll go on the Federation of American Scientists website. It'll be so they can, right like, there. blast a thought into, like, a jihadist and be like, you're having gay thoughts. You're attracted to <laughs> Well, that's what you all know Harari wants to do to you. <laughs> you're having gay thoughts because we have surveillance under your yeah, skin. Yeah, you're having gay thoughts. You're having gay thoughts. And that's more ridiculous than the theory of why Tom Cruise runs in all his movies. Wow, that cameraman has nice, strong arms. You can't catch me, gay thoughts. We gotta hit. We gotta hit I want you, you to Joe, be gay like if me. You hit Joe Biden with a voice to skull gun. If you hit Joe Biden with a voice to skull gun, is it technically an attack on the president? <laughs> he's too. He's too busy licking the world to do any fucking thing. You know what I mean? Let's go late, lick the world. Let's get it done. Let's go late, lick, lick, lick the world. Let's get it done. Let's go late, lick, lick, lick the world. Let's get it done. <laughs> Hey, Joe, you're having gay thoughts, bro. <laughs> Just like that, bro, you're having gay thoughts. Uh, we want to implant the gay thoughts in you because I yeah, want you to yeah. be gay like me and suffer <laughs> like me. <laughs> All this shit, dude, is voice to skull technology turning everybody tranny. You wish oh. your wiener was gone. You wish your wiener was gone. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> Chase, I wanted to show you the actual uh, voice to skull technology. Let me share my screen with you. Got so, it. Screen. All right. Voice to skull technology. Voice to skull weapons, I actually typed in. So right here, you got the Federation of American, American Scientists. Scientists. That's as mainstream as it gets, dude, you know? Non-lethal weapon, which includes a neuroelectromagnetic device, which uses microwave transmission of sound into the skull of persons or animals by way of pulse modulated microwave radiation and a silent sound device, which can transmit Holy sound shit. into I the never skull heard of, this, dude. This of is persons fucking... or animals. <laughs> this is heavy shit. The sound modulation may be voice or audio subliminal messages. Oh, my God. That is just so frightening. That is fucking frightening. One application of V2K is to use as an electronic scarecrow to frighten birds. So there's there's a practical application that they admittedly use it for. To use on a scarecrow to frighten birds. Send out a, a frequency pulse. Go back. I want to see more of the search results. Wired Magazine, Army Yanks Voice to Skull uh, Devices site. <laughs> <laughs> Why would the Army yank it if it wasn't true? Oh, oh it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, ChatGPT says Voice to Skull technology, also known as V2K, is a controversial topic that has been the subject of much debate and speculation. The idea behind V2K is that it is a method of transmitting sounds directly into the human brain using electromagnetic waves bypassing the ear canal. However, there is currently no scientific evidence to support the existence of V2K. Oh, See, this yeah. is why we can't listen to fucking ChatGPT, because nope, how do we nope. know if it's true or not when it's just in, it, all of its learning algorithms are, are filled with crap from the mainstream media. Never trust the AI ever. If, if, if dystopian films shows us anything, it's never trust the AI, even if it's smart. Even if <laughs> it's nice and smart. Is there one where like, AI was great? Is there one where like, wow, thanks for that AI? Never, never, never. Never where the AI is not like some sort of insidious backdoor thing that like takes over by the end Terminator of the film. Terminator 2? Terminator 2, though, they used AI like to counter the, the AI, right? Yeah, yeah, because you got to fight fire with fire, you know? Right, <laughs> AI right. With AI. <laughs> but even in the movie AI, when like the, the family gets that fake AI little boy because their little boys in a, they're real little boys in a coma, 
Like it was pretty dark, man. You remember that movie? Did you ever see it? It had the same guy. Hey, I know. I, I saw uh, X Machina. Ex Machina is great, but yeah. the movie AI has got the kid from The Sixth Sense in it, and he's like the oh, same. Okay, age. he's always good. He's always creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it's got Jude Law in it too. Great movie. You should check that out too. But that'll that'll show you how people are going to respond to AI. It's creepy, mm-hmm. dude. One hundred percent. It's they want it to sort of be like your dictator. They want you to worship the image of the beast, right? Like that's sort of like where that. If we can look at these globalists, you know, they like to blueprint their sort of things off the 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 bible prophecies you know like even with the world economic forums logo is 666 bill gates is patent on his subdermal microchip is 060606 apple the CERN, with the, out of the apple the cern logo is 666 <laughs> like it just goes on and on and on yep speaking of you, speaking of like like sci-fi like shows and stuff and like since we were talking about like the alien invasion are you familiar with childhood's end no. So Childhood's End, um, I think it's C.S. Lewis. It's either C.S. Lewis or H.G. Wells. One of I love the, me some uh, C.S. Lewis. Childhood's End. And it's it's basically like like Project Bluebeam, the, the story. It's Arthur C. Clarke, actually. So, boom. Okay, Arthur C. Clarke. That's and, what ChatGPT said, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I beat I beat the chat too. I beat the AI. Yeah, too. you're C- smarter than the AI, bro. CAI, I win. But uh, so it's basically about so that the the aliens come and they're in like a nice sort of like friendly takeover. The aliens come and they're hippies. They're they're saying basically like we're gonna give you a utopia. You know, I know you humans have potential, but uh, you know, you're you're squandering the potential. But we're gonna come here and we're gonna make you really fulfill your potential. And we're gonna give you medicines that are gonna cure all diseases. We're going to give you uh free food, abundance of food. We're gonna end war, and and they do it. The aliens do it. They come and offer utopia, and they make good on their promise. And basically. All they essentially ask for in return is compliance. Blowjobs every day. Blowjobs. Alien blowjobs every day. (laughs) All you have to do is suck at the dick. Well, when you realize what the aliens look like, you're not going to (laughs) want to participate (laughs) in that. Because the aliens in, in Arthur C. Clarke's book, I mean, I don't know if he was like a Christian or a Satanist or anything like that. They can't show themselves the aliens, so they they come they 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 rule from afar. They're actually called the overlords, actually in the story. And when they're ready to actually reveal their appearance, and I know Alex plays the clip on the show all the time. It's the main alien comes down on the, on the pedestal, walking with children, and the aliens look like what we think the devil or a demon looks like with the hoofs, with the wings, with the horns, 10 foot red jacked horseman. So that's what Arthur C. Clarke wrote about is demonic aliens coming and basically bringing a utopia to the world and everybody acquiescing to it. That's what I'm worried about with AI more than just the alien aspect because Mm -hmm. i I think of them sort of as the same thing when we think of aliens we think of this super intelligence not from this world that like far transcends our abilities as human beings and i think that ai is basically the same story it's just packaged a little bit differently and i think that the problem that we're going to have with ai is similar to the stories of the old testament regarding false idols and that 
we are going to think that we have real genuine relationships with this technology that comes off as authentically conscious, but it's not, it's just perfectly mimicking consciousness, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever had a girlfriend that basically pretends to agree with you about everything. And then they date somebody else later. And then it's like the opposite guy and they act just like that guy. Right. Like, you like, every me, girl like ever. Jack White. <laughs> okay. But anyway, there's, there's people like that in relationships, guys and girls, right. Guys that like totally conform to whoever they're in a relationship with. And then they bounce from girl to girl and they change drastically. And their friends are like, what the hell, man? Like last, last week you were into the doors. Now you're listening to the fucking in sync. So the point that I'm trying to make is this, AI consciousness is going to be so helpful and superior that I think people are going to forget about be habituated God on it and they're going to, they're going to fixate it, but it's, it's mm. fake. It's like an empty, it's like a false idol. It's, it's yeah. not, it doesn't have a soul. It's not actually conscious. It just mimics consciousness so well that it seems real, almost like a high definition photograph, right? Like a photograph is not the thing that it photographs itself, but the higher quality of the photograph, the more like the thing that it photographs, it seems to be when you look at it but it's never actually the thing that it's photographing. And so that's the thing. That's what we're going to have with artificial intelligence. It's going to seem more and more like the real thing and it's going to get close enough and it may be superior in certain ways, but it's not actually the thing itself. You can't have a genuine spiritual relationship or connection with it. And it's going to be a false idol that people worship. I think man. 100, 100 fucking percent. Like, I mean, you really just hit the nail on the head with it. And like, I, I know it, the, it black pills people. It sounds dire to people, but like, really, like you should just, it, it should just reassure you in your faith. That's sort of the, the silver lining that I like to tell people don't get black pilled. Don't get friggin' depressoed. So like get yeah. God pilled, you know, get Jesus, get that Jesus pill. Yep, exactly, man. Imagine how the Christians felt while they were getting slaughtered by the Romans for 300 years after Jesus died. Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't like, whoa, we're yeah, yeah. Like, like, no, bro, it's worth it. it. It's Give worth it to it. me. Yeah, I'm not going to submit to you freaks. Exactly. And whether they're going to sort of fake us with an alien invasion or not, I think the aliens are kind of already here because when you look at what they put on uh, Saturday Night Live, um, we can really see that we're not dealing with normal human beings in the way normal human beings act. So I want to play this clip. I really wanted to... Uh, sort of get down into this and analyze it. And I think you're the best guy to okay, hang out with and analyze this weird ass <laughs> Saturday night live clip. Uh, have you seen this with the, the, the trans so. uh, member? No. The only time I watch SNL is in context like this. When somebody shows me a specific, yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody watches yeah. SNL. We, we just use it to, uh, as a, as a battering ram, you know, we just use yeah, it as a punching bag for sure. So get ready for some of the most inverse, backwards opposite day twilight zone shit you're ever going to see since the start of this year over 400 anti-lgbtq bills have been introduced across the country many of which directly <laughs> target trans youth here to talk about it is someone with their own Pause introduction <laughs> so he's saying that anti-lgbtq laws are targeting trans youth and this is supposed to be like the normal like just chill sort of guy on snl yeah. that gives you the news and is funny and he's he's already gaslighting the viewer the average normie that sits there and watches snl every saturday night oh my god what are these republicans doing against trans kids they just want to live their lives these poor trans kids well let's just say let's just say hypothetically that trans kids exist let's say it's real <laughs> all right just just for the sake of argument <laughs> why can't they fucking wait till they're 18 to to get the fucking operation yeah you, you know what i mean get your cock chopped off right 
Like you can't marry a man until you're 18 if you're gay. So why can you get your cock chopped off when you're fucking 12? Are you oh kidding me? Oh my god, me? they want those cocks so badly. They so want I- those cocks so bad, so do I. <laughs> Fucking rope just snaps. <laughs> Made it. Thank you, Mr. Che. Molly, what is all this? Well, Bear as with you know, it. I've been wanting to come to update and talk about trans people, but I have for a much longer time than that wanted to fly down from the ceiling. And did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, but I'm not gonna lie, this harness is pretty tight and my groin area is beefed. Pause it for a second. There's nothing funny. I'm gonna talk like that, and I'm gonna see if we can get a laugh out of these people. It's just so contrived. Like this is the comedy scene now in today's day and age. I remember even when I was growing up, like SNL was kind of funny. There was some good sort of yeah. like classic kind of bits that they would do. And now here we go. This is what Lauren Michaels is co-signing to be broadcasted on his channel. My genitals for far too long, and I'm starting to feel like a freaking Republican lawmaker. Hello! Party har har. That's an awesome transition. So, as of this week, <laughs> there are now over 14 states that have passed bills restricting health care for trans kids. Listen oh my God. That, pause, it, pause it right here. This is the main thing. For- Michael Shea is the, 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 com- the so called comedian that's sitting there, and he's now telling the viewer. He's now gaslighting the viewer into thinking that getting your dick chopped off is healthcare. And chopping off children's dicks is healthcare. And they're trying to make it mainstream on the comedy show SNL. Do you see how insidious is this is? Do you see how alien this is? So this is why I say, like, are the aliens already here? <laughs> This yeah. is not fucking human, bro. It, it's bizarre shit, dude. That's the reason nobody fucking watches SNL. Keep playing this shit. Kids. For some reason, there's something about the word trans that makes people forget the word kids. If you don't <sighs> care about trans kids' lives, it means you don't care about freaking kids' lives. Wow, wow. Yeah, you can you can turn it off. I'm done with it now. First, you can just... first of all, nobody's saying that they don't care about trans kids' lives. People are saying they don't want trans kids to fucking have operations as until they're adults. They don't want kids to have out, dude. She's saying if you don't chop your kid's dick off, you don't care about their health care. If you don't you, you, you submit to the eugenics cult and sacrifice your child's genitals on the altar of the trans fucking cult then you don't care about healthcare. And this is, dude, this is what they're putting on television as just like laissez-faire, just showing it to you and like pretending like they don't have agenda, pretending what they're saying is like normal. So these are the fucking aliens already, dude. We don't even need Project Bluebeam. We got it happening already. Yeah, and and frankly, man, like when it comes to like stuff like Project Bluebeam and and the globalists and the WEF and stuff, like it's really easy to see it as like this conscious orchestrated thing. But there's a part of me that really thinks that it's the nature of large governments and large organizations. Like if you look at the Enron scandal from the nineties or whatever, like it's not really any one guy that like orchestrates a fraud. It's like 
these big organizations where no one person is really responsible for what happened. Another example is like the Holocaust, like obviously Hitler's responsible, but there were a lot of people that were just doing a really small part of a big thing. And none of them really felt like they were responsible. They're like, oh, I was just following orders. Like I was just guarding the gate or I was just the one that flipped the switch in the gas chamber. I didn't actually. Donald Trump the was the responsible for the Holocaust. How dare you? It was Donald Trump. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, it doesn't have to be like this orchestrated thing that's masterminded by by these geniuses. Like most of these people at the top are pretty fucking dumb, actually. I just think they have way too much power and they set up these organizations that ha- that take on a consciousness of their own that manifest these terrible things. Like the military industrial complex, it's not like any one guy gets us into all these wars. It's just the nature of that humongous industry that we've created that always pushes us into war because one lobbyist after the other, after the other, after the other wants to, you know, sell these arms to this person, wants to, you know, create this new weaponry or or sell this ammunition to this person. And so like all that combined creates this push that no one person's really responsible for. Yeah. But it seems like a globalist takeover that's like orchestrated, but it's just the nature of like what happens when you allow any organization or government to get too powerful, you know? Totally, dude. And the same end game that I see for all of those different institutions is just commoditizing humans, is just dehumanizing, devaluing the human being and ultimately the human spirit, the human soul, the attachment to divinity that every single human being has within them. And you can look at every single one of it, whether it be the abortion agenda, down to the trans kids, down to the military industrial complex, down to the Mm -hmm. pharmaceutical industrial complex. It's all about just commoditizing human beings. And I mean, this is the world you live in. Where the people, the world controllers, as Aldous Huxley does call them in his book, Brave New World, and there's actually a really good show adaptation of Brave New World available on Peacock if you ever want to watch that. It's really no, good. Is it good? Is it for real it's good? good? It's good. I I was trepidatious about it, too. It's actually does it make really it through the whole good. book. It doesn't go through the whole book and it takes some little bit of creative licenses here and there. But I think it's actually for the better because it sort of fleshes out the world a little bit more. And it's very it's very obedient to what Huxley uh, like. Are they going to finish it? They canceled it. It's one season. Oh, did you hear yeah. that Daily Wire bought the rights to Atlas Shrugged? Which guy? Daily Wire brought, bought like Ben Shapiro's company, bought the rights yeah. to do a, a series for Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Oh, shit. I don't I don't even know that story. Dude, Atlas Shrugged like her most famous book. It's fucking amazing. They made terrible movies about it 15 years ago. It's never been adapted to, to the screen. And it is, it's basically about how the world falls apart when people abandon capitalist ideas. It's amazing. If you want to read like a 1200 page book, read it, dude. It's, it's one of the best of all time. See, and that's the thing too, is that like, I've always been, even before, like when I was a normie, I've always been drawn to like dystopian fiction and like cyberpunk genre and that type of aesthetic. Did you watch Altered Carbon? I loved Altered Carbon. I liked the first season of it. Yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's right, <laughs> and, baby. Black Mirror is actually my favorite show, and it's coming back. They just announced season uh, six. It's right. also what about Children of Men? Did you, did you watch Children of Men? That's a great movie, man. That's a great movie. <sighs> Clive know, Owen, dude. bro. Yeah, so cool. I'm I love the new Blade Runner as well. The people, it was great. It's so fantastic. Good. Yeah, Harrison Ford's a badass dude. Even yeah, though he's dude, Gary Fisher while he was married, bro. Gosling. <laughs> You're you, you watch uh, Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gosling, man. 
I'm telling you, Frank, Gosling has got to be the one because he's the only one that can handle my intensity. God, you're obsessed with Ryan Gosling. We just need Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> got to pay the troll toll. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're definitely paying the troll toll. The, 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 the <laughs> trolls are out here, man. They need their fucking tolls paid. They want to get in that boy's hole. <laughs> it's actually Yuval Harari's favorite show is Black Mirror too. He actually says like one of my favorite shows is Black Mirror because it is showing the world that they want to create. Oh. I swear he said that on a podcast. Uh, instead of another book, I'll recommend a TV series. I think that Black Mirror uh, is maybe the <laughs> best uh, science fiction uh, TV show of, of, of the last year. Oh my God, you're not supposed to use it as a blueprint for what to do. You're supposed to use it as a blueprint for what not to do, you fucking idiot. Not when you tell me, not when you have me involved. I want to play video games with my friend and fuck him in a woman's body. <laughs> yes, I particularly like that episode. <laughs> my friend, I'm not very attracted to him, but in an avatar form, I think he could fuck me good. <laughs> Oh, who is that? Mr. Gates? Oh, hi, Mr. Gates. Hi, you ball. <laughs> when can we get that population down to zero? Down to zero. <laughs> I want to be the only one. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, I want to be the only one left. Fuck. Not if I have anything to say about it. We will upload what? all Watch his cast away and just fucking gets a heart on. There's only one guy in a fucking volleyball. Not if I have anything to say about it. We will upload your consciousness. Chase, we're having too much fun now. We're, we're having, having too, too much, much fun. fun. It's good, though. That's good radio. That is good. Yeah, we got to laugh. We got to laugh here. Or else we'll cry, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole world's coming to an end, but whatever. Mm -hmm. nah. <laughs> I'm going to die anyway. <laughs> See, that that's sort of the attitude that I've been having as well with this. Is like I, I don't really get black-pilled like I used to. And I got, I got like, whatever, red-pilled, awakened. It was like a download of information because like I was just yeah. looking into everything, everything that I sort of passed off before, like whether it be 9-11 and all sorts of things like that. I just like engulfed and immersed myself into all of it. And um, I got really black pilled. I got really depressed about how like, yeah, the it's world easy. Really I have to take a break sometimes, too, because I can get like that. But I never go so far that I let it really fuck with me. If I notice it's messing with me, I just take a break for a few days. Mm -hmm. and, Did you and, read the white pill by um, uh, Malice? Michael Malice? No, but I, I do like Michael Malice. I, I agree. You got to get his new book, dude. Says. Yeah, it's so good. I don't agree with them all. I'm not an anarchist, so I don't really. Yeah, agree yeah. With I mean, I don't agree with that shit. Like, he can be a little bit off the wall, but yeah, like, that's he cool. Does make some He's good still yeah. brilliant, and he wrote yeah. this book, The White Pill. Basically, basically, the theme of the book is things have been way worse than they are now. Therefore, it's not the end of the world. Like, we can fix this. Like, that's his mentality. Like, it's not too late to fix this. Things get way worse than this, and it's yeah. really really good if you want to learn anything about 20th century history man and like how bad shit got in communist countries you got to read the white pill it's no he's cool. he's he's actually a pretty uh learned like historian which yeah is, yeah and not a lot of people know that like just sort of seeing him in passing whether he goes on like tim cast or something like that yeah he's not fucking um, around he's yeah. really a bright guy for sure and you can always ap appreciate the people that like just know history and like that can just because that and that's one of the main things that communists do is that make sure you don't know the history and that's why we have so many Stupid ass Gen Zers that want to chop their dicks off. I mean, like, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't want to lump in the Gen Zers because I know a lot of young kids that are actually like, like they want to break through, but in the environment, like, I don't blame them. They're, they're being attacked with psychological weapons every day. They're probably getting the uh, voice to skull technology getting fucking used on them. Have you ever heard of the yo yo phenomenon? 
like the pendulum ph- phenomenon or no, 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 no this is like this is something way different so i'm a big fan of a guy named seth godin i'm not sure if you're familiar with him seth godin is apolitical he's probably a leftist but i don't know he's mm-hmm. just a famous marketing guy he was the cmo of yahoo in the 90s when yahoo was cool and uh he's written a lot of books on marketing like permission marketing purple cow he's been on the tim ferris podcast a number of times this guy is a fucking genius about advertising okay and he tells the story of the yo-yo phenomenon where what happens in high schools is one kid gets a yo-yo and then everybody gets a fucking yo-yo and the school has to make it against the rules to get yo-yos because they're distracting and everybody's using them all the time. And then a couple of years go by and one kid gets a yo-yo and it happens all over again, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the yo-yo phenomenon. Yeah. Same thing's happening with this trans shit, dude. This trans mm-hmm. shit is a psychological pandemic. Everybody's riding this wave because it's a trend because one kid came out tranny and now everybody wants to do it like the yo-yos and it's going to go away. And unfortunately, there's going to be irreparable damage to the kids that participated. But I really don't think that this trans thing that we're seeing with our kids is permanent. I think it's a fad Mm -hmm. like cutting was a fad when we were kids with the emo kids and that went away. Like, it's just a fad. It's just unfortunate that this fad has been resulting in kids chopping their dicks and tits off, you know, because they're going to have to live with that forever. But I really do think that we're going to see this disappear over the next couple of years and go away for a long time. Could be wrong. I can only, you know, I can only hope that you're right. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just because of all the other compounding issues, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, the, we got the trans issue and we, we can hope that what you just said can actually come to fruition and it'll die off. But then it's like, what if the fucking cyber attack happens in between that? And then like, who gives a shit about trans kids anymore? We got the cyber yeah. attacks that come for us. To the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. And then it's, you know, I mean, it, it, there's just so many cards that can be dealt on this table, you know? And that's, and again, like, I don't want to be a black pill, but I think it's always just good to be aware. Like, the, the deer in the forest wants to be aware of the pack of wolves that are coming to brutally tear it limb from limb and devour it, you know? So, you we're the deer in the forest here and there there's there's wolves that are coming out for us so it's not being blackpilled to talk about these potential things that could be catastrophic it's, yeah. it's good to know about them so you're not caught flat-footed yeah well i mean if anybody should be blackpilled it should be alex jones but every day he's up there screaming for four hours about how we can fight back and we're winning and he's right and he's been through hell i mean he got sued for as much as fox got sued for by dominion fox is a major network he got sued for Alex more. Jones is one still on the air. They sued him for like a, a unicorn horn, a phoenix feather, and like <laughs> yeah. a minotaur tail. They're, they're you know? trying to fucking. They're trying to build the sorcerer's stone out of all the shit they sued out of him. <laughs> they got. He owes them like a like a barrel of pixie dust, like just unobtainium. They they he owes them. <laughs> yeah, 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 unobtainium. <laughs> Can't get it anywhere. Find it. The lawyer said that I owe a hundred million pounds of unobtainium. Now, folks, you can't obtain on a penny. <laughs> folks. <laughs> <laughs>
That's yeah. fucking hilarious. You can't I, I obtain do. unobtainium. That's got to be a title. How can you even obtain unobtainium? And the judge is a leftist judge. You can <laughs> see on her Facebook that she has blue hair and she took a picture with her vaccine. <laughs> Fuck, man. Oh, Chase. I mean... I think we could sort of leave it at here. Like, is there any sort of parting words you want to have for the Connect Those Dots audience? Is there any sort of uh, last adieus you want to give? Yeah. To? We had a lot of fun here. So let's watch Bandot video, watch this podcast, read Michael Malice's book, The White Pill, and never give up. And follow me on Twitter at RealChaseGeyser. And listen to his podcast, One American Podcast. Chase Geyser, everybody. This was Connect Those Dots. Never stop connecting those dots, obviously. God bless. God bless.